Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Captain Mickey has been guiding the Texas Gulf Coast waters for over 30 years and has won numerous national and local tournaments. Now, here's your host, Captain Mickey. Good morning. Welcome to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show on this Sunday morning. I'm Captain Mickey Eastman producing the Outdoor Show this morning. Is Jace and our sponsors today, Texan Roofing, Mainstream Marketing, and Boyd's One Stop. All right, weather. In Galveston, down on the island right now, it's 83 degrees. They say it feels like 94 with the humidity, but today it's sunny. It's going to be a high of 89 south-southwest winds. Kind of picking up to about 15 to 25 miles per hour tonight. Some clouds low of 81, south 15 to 25. And then for tomorrow, rain chance picks up pretty good, about a 50% chance with partly cloudy, mainly afternoon showers and thunderstorms. Some of these storms could contain some strong, gusty winds. So with a high of 88, south winds 10 to 20 and a 50% chance of rain. Looks like a pretty good probability all of it all next week. So much needed rain coming into our forecast. We'll take it. All right, looking at tides for today. These are Galveston Channel tide predictions. We're on our fall equinox. We're on the second morning of fall. It doesn't feel like it, but we are, according to the equinox. But anyway, we have a high this morning at 3.11 a.m. It's a one, or actually at uh, 3.38 a.m. It's a 1.9 Then our low will be this evening at 6.34 p.m. at 0.1, so looking at about a two-foot swing of water. 7.09 a.m. is sunrise, 7.14 p.m. is sunset, and our moon phase, 60%, headed towards our next full moon. All right, current conditions. Uh, Offshore, 22 nautical miles east of Galveston. It's 85 degrees out there with 86.5 degree water temperatures, south-southwest 16 gusting to 22 barometric pressures 29.83 inches and steady galveston channel 84 degrees with 88 degree water south southwest 6 to 11 eagle point 83 degrees 86 degree water south southwest 9 to 11 miles per hour so it's uh i noticed when i went out the back door this morning it was a little breezier than normal it kind of brought back bad memories all right well let's uh let's head down to the scribe bay area and check in with a hammer this morning captain glenn hammond 
Glenn, good morning. How are you, bud? I'm doing just fine. Thanks, Captain Mickey. How you doing this morning, buddy? Couldn't be better. It's all good. Well, good deal. What'd you catch a cold? Oh, no, I just probably, I'm, you know, I think it's uh, something blowing in. Uh, yeah. It's not a cold, but. Blowing in or blowing sinuses. out. Yeah, blowing well, in, blowing out. A little nasally. No, we probably yeah, woke no. you up, didn't we? Uh, kind of, yeah. but that's all good. I don't think I uh, recouped after that night trip the other night, trying to trying to get some get some rest after that. But uh, anyway, we had fun, and hey, man, uh, I took that drive down the beach. Uh, I told you we was going to go look for some right. dead fish, and we left Surfside Beach. I went as far as I could out to the county, and then, then rode down the county, and 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 hey, man, uh, maybe last week. Uh, we had some fish on the beach or the week before, but this week, not so. And I mean, we went, I went to the shoreline of Christmas Bay. I went all the way to San Luis Pass on the beach, every, mm. every, every little which way I could. But uh, no, knock on wood. That, uh, uh, like I said, that, that red tide, from what I hear, has moved further down the coast away from us. Last week, it was right here. Right, right, and that's right I've got a text from a uh, listener. His name's Tom. Uh, he sent me some photos, and he said he's been surfing and fishing in Matagorda for 40 years, and he's been able to overlook the coldest winters, hottest summers, red tide, but never has he seen the, this devastation, devastation for miles up and down uh, the beach. He headed north and... and uh, he went seven miles, and then we had to turn around. Our eyes were burning so bad and couldn't breathe, and the stench of every oh. creature in the sea. He he sent me pictures. Oh. He listed stingrays, eels, so many snook, crustaceans, trout, redfish, flounder, croaker, shellfish, crab, shrimp. Uh, no birds were seen, Shut but he up. said it was a shocking scene and uh, had to hold his breath to take the pics that he took to send me, you know, <laughs> that lasted for Man. miles, he said. And, and, uh, it just, uh, mm. I noticed where I saw a post on uh, Facebook yesterday where tips bait camp, that's there where it's Sergeant, isn't it? On the intercoastal, they had to close right. down because of the stench. Oh my goodness. Yeah. They posted a deal said, well, you can, we still got table shrimp. You can come get, I guess they got another location somewhere else in Bay City or whatever, but uh, down at Sargent, they closed their bait camp down because of the stench and the red tide. So it must be an man, intercoastal oh, down that way. I hope it doesn't go towards Charlie and them, you know, in the bay. Man, all I know is uh, uh, I couldn't, you know, uh, Captain Brandon, my next-door neighbor, had a yeah. trip yesterday, and they said back in the far reaches of the bay, uh, it looked like iced tea water trying to mix uh -oh. with salt water. It was uh, just just real brownish, you know. Yeah, kind of root beer looking. Right, right. And he good. said, man, it just didn't even look right. It just didn't even look right. They seen a couple oversized reds uh, laid up on the bank mm. or floated up on the bank. And uh, uh, some alligator gar and uh, a couple other fish. He didn't say, but they wasn't trout. Or they wasn't trout. But anyway, so, uh, no, just it's horrible. I mean. Um, no oxygen in the water and, and, and not enough fresh water maybe to mix. Just uh, 
I'm just going through um going through a weird time right well, now. Well, it's kind of a phenomenon we kind of go through this time of year. You know, it's been going on forever. I, you know, we've seen it before when we, you have such a hot summer and then the high salinity, you know, and everything, and it just that algae bloom it just takes over and it's just it's just something natural that can happen. You know, we hadn't seen it in years because we've had so much. I guess because we've had so much fresh water. You know, or right. the, the less less salinity. I'll just put it like that. You know, a lot of areas that'll will well, stay fresh uh, most of the year, but down your way, it's, uh, it stays pretty salty. But it's it, we just hadn't seen it in a long time, and that's shocking to a lot of a lot of fishermen and outdoorsmen that well, uh, spend a lot of time it, uh, in the outdoors, man. It didn't slow his fishing down. Uh, Captain Brandon, uh, with his, he had like four guys, and uh, in his cell, and they uh, they ended up boating. They had five reds, and they had two trout. What they brought in, they caught them on soft plastics and bait, so it didn't really matter. But there was a redfish bite, uh, if anything, because he said mm-hmm. they they caught and released twenty undersized red at least. Uh, undersized reds and, uh, right. and a few undersized trout, but uh, no, there's a combination of soft plastics and uh, and and live shrimp and however you want to fish it underneath the popping cork or whatever. So right. he said it's real good. The redfish bite was good. The trout was just only so-so. But uh, and then he said the water temperature in the bay was 83 to 85 degrees, which seems like a little cool. Seems like the last time I was out, I got something like. Oh, I don't know, 87, 80, I thought maybe even 88. But uh, anyway, let's see, man. Uh, waiting waiting for everything to settle down now. And, and you know, um, uh, the business has kind of slowed down. I'm going to be shopping for a lot more this week because I know we're going to get some <laughs> rain. And I, I'm going to be have, have – uh, I'll, I'll be overloaded in, in grass. I mean, it's uh, – it's going. To, it's starting to grow already. We got that little video shower last week. I think we ended up with about an inch and a half, two inches within two or three days. You know, which mm-hmm. we can't complain. I'm. I'm. We need every bit of it. Hey, when every bit dry of as we were, a little bit will go a long way. I mean, it uh, made a difference. We needed it. We need more. Maybe we'll get some good rain this week. Boy, I tell you, the the surf looks really, really nice. I mean, it does. I saw so a lot cool. of beachfront pictures yesterday, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, had a few breakers in it, but it was just green to the beach. Beautiful water, man. I love this time. Beautiful, of year. beautiful, yeah, it's gorgeous. Finally, and we we knew if we could get a week or two of uh, some salt, some light southeast winds, and that's what happens. Beautiful water it come from Florida and put it right on our right on our beachfront. But uh, shoot, we're very fortunate to have what we have, man, and all the resources that we have, and we just don't know how good we got it, Captain Mickey. There's other other places and people they can't even keep fish. You know what I mean? It's, we're we're so lucky we can we have a variety of stuff, man, and half of them you could eat, but people don't want to mess with them if they don't have spots on them. You know what I mean? If it ain't a red or a trout, they don't really care about the other species, but. If you you've done a guide service long enough, and and you just you learn to take it one day at a time, and if the people don't mind eating uh, croakers and whiting, and uh, 
Well, that, you know what that's I mean? the deal. If we could just get our croaker and whiting populations to where they were bigger, more people would fish for stuff like that. Man, I mean, they still do, but a, I mean, it just you know, size matters. Right. It's <laughs> it's uh oh uh, no, I I eat my share of uh, little fish, small fish, panfish, mm-hmm. uh, croakers, whiting, uh, sand trout, all that stuff. Man, I don't waste anything. We, if there's a way to get a fillet off of it, we'll do it. And uh, that's about it. Let's see the bait camps. Uh, yes, they're all holding bait. Uh, if you get there early, uh, live live shrimp is running about twenty four dollars a quart. Uh, they still got croakers. I'm seeing the yellow flags out there, and they're they're twelve dollars a dozen or a dollar a piece, however you want to look at it. And then. Uh, <laughs> They're, they got mud minnows and they at mullet. least give you a baker do- baker's dozen for twelve bucks. You know, yeah. When's the last time? Not in there, man. Was you ever a bait thrower? Did you ever throw live bait? Yeah, way back in the day. Yeah, when I first started <laughs> gadding, uh, we didn't have all the lures and stuff like we do now to uh, fish mm-hmm. the the wells in the summertime when our gas wells were real good. And uh, right. that's what we used was live shrimp under a popping cork. Old Trinity Bay rig, man. Big old five-inch popping cork with a ounce and a quarter uh, long weight with a swivel on it and about a 18-inch uh, mono liter and a treble hook, buddy. You could sling it a country mile. <laughs> and pop the living daylights out of it, man. Yeah, I always tell them. Well, it, most of the time it was so good. As soon as it hit the water, the cork just kept going under. That's awesome. Didn't even have that's to pop awesome. the shrimp back then. But we used a lot of those old vintage popping corks like the Kilman popper. It had that little bell-shaped uh, end on the the taper. And when you'd pop it, it would make that slurping noise oh, like yeah. a trout eating a shrimp on the surface. Well, it's like those Mansville Maulers. Uh, those little styrofoam corks, you know, the, with a click click and the yeah, little the beads clickers, on them and everything. Corks, yeah. yeah, those those were bad to the bone, buddy. Down in South Padre, anyway, that's mm-hmm. what we used to use uh, the Mansville Mauler. But let's see, man. Come on, rain, man. Let's pray for some rain. Hopefully, you're right. Uh, I think they got a little bit of rain in the forecast for next week, but uh. Well, we got about hey, we a thirty percent chance this afternoon, and forty to fifty percent chance tomorrow. And on in the week, we got that little front coming. It's not going to change temperature as much. Drop them a little bit. We'll get a northeast wind for a couple of days. That'll be nice. Right. If there's anybody out there that finds any bunches of dead fish, call me and let me let me know, and uh, we'll get it on there. We'll try to let everybody else know which area to go to or not go to. I mean, it's kind of, there's people on every side of the highway, every ditch, every bio. There's crabbers. There's fishermen. <laughs> I've never seen the like of people on, 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 that are after our resources, buddy. I mean, everybody. Well, and and uh, that's why we've dwindled to the extent we're mm-hmm. at. It's, uh, Man. We'll just have to take got some heavy pressure on them right now. Yeah. It's. Everybody well, so wants many, to get them. Some- so many more people living along our coast nowadays. Yeah, I know, and everybody wants to come get them some. But anyway, that's uh, I'm just going to lay around, and take it easy, to rest up, man. That's and, it. Uh, you notice the older you get, yeah. when you uh, do something out of the ordinary and kind of overdo it, oh, it, it takes you a day it or takes two to a recover, couple days man. to get over it. Yeah, it yeah. does. Yeah, it does. All right, buddy. Well, Sorry, go ahead. Buddy. 
pleasure talking to you. If somebody wants to call you about coming down and fishing, give them some info. Give them a number, man. Yes, sir. Thank you, buddy. 713-208-0683. Happy fun Sunday, everybody. Y'all have a great one. You too, Glenn. See you now. Okay, Take buddy. care. Thanks. All right. That's the hammer down in the Tri-Bay area. It's time for a break already. You're listening to the Outdoor Show here at Sports Radio 610. We'll be right back. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show. All right, 419 here in the Bayou City. All right, let's run down to Freeport, right next door to the hammer down there, and uh, check in with Captain Jeff Naylor this morning. Nalem, what's up? <laughs> what's up, Captain Mickey? How you doing this morning? You flying solo this morning? Uh, flying solo, man. Everybody bail on me again this weekend. You know, boys what can are, you do? They're needing their rest. They're just overdoing it. They're burning you. the midnight oil. I hear you. I hear you. Must be nice. Yeah, Casey's down. Uh, I think he's uh, stuck in uh, at A&M with his son this weekend and, and Brian College Station. I think uh, Monty's been – I think they've been working him to death out there, so he, he had to take <laughs> a little break. <laughs> yeah, that's so. – uh, got to do it, man. You got to get your rest. Yeah. Yep, that's it, man. I can't blame him. It sure is a beautiful day. I I, I actually spent all weekend in, in New Orleans uh, for for uh, another windmill farm conference that they had down there. Um, and you know when I left, it, you know when I left on on Wednesday, it certainly looked like this east wind was going to push in real hard. I had a trip booked for Saturday, so um, I was actually going to fly back early and and. As it turned out, I ended up canceling and kind of wish I did now. I mean, it looks like it was pretty nice yesterday. It certainly looks like it's not too bad this morning either, but yeah, it is well, earlier, it is. that buoy was showing, I think, gust to 22. Let me look at it again. Well, My never mind. It's not it real good like this morning. Great decision. 
I've got an Astros hangover again this morning. It's, oh. uh, it's south-southwest 16 to 20. It was 22, but still, it's uh, probably a little bumpy. Yeah, you know what? Good to see In that wind direction, uh, man, south-southwest. Yep. It's never going to go away. Yeah. What happened to the prevailing southeast winds on the Gulf Coast? That is a good question. It has been a very weird and strange summer. This whole summer has been, uh, seems like it's it's done things, you know, completely backwards, 180 degrees from what, what it should be. But, yeah, I mean, you know, hey, still people are, are getting out there and catching some fish, you know, and I'm super proud of them. The, uh seems like the, the yellowfin bite's doing pretty good offshore. You know, there for a while, the, the uh, sailfish bite, was you know world class i mean literally i heard the world the words world class used in really and yeah uh, along the shelf it was uh amazing now, this is a couple weeks back now but uh yeah some of the marlin guys you know 15 16 some i, I heard somebody yeah, say that's, they that's big time for the gulf you know you go down time. go down to you know, Costa Rica or somewhere, no big deal. But uh, for here, that is. That's a big deal. It's huge. It's huge. It's monstrous. You know, for years, I mean, uh, uh, you know, listening to the, uh, you know, kind of the path of the of the marlin fishing guys, you know, they start out on the eastern part of, let's just say, the northeastern part of Texas, you know, doing some of the tournaments and everything. And by, mm-hmm. you know, August, early August, everybody starts moving down south, the Colt 45 to, all those, all those little humps and mounds and stuff like that off of Corpus, and I've heard, you know, in some of those late tournaments and stuff like that, there's there's been several of those guys win the tournament, you know, 50, 60 miles offshore on a weed line, you know, where they're able to catch 10 and 12 sailfish like that, you know, just rack up a bunch of points. I haven't heard of that off of our coast per se. Normally, just down south. Like I said, around Colt 45, there's a, supposedly the blue marlin bite gets insane down there. I personally have never been able to get down there, you know, whenever it, uh, when it's really juicing good. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm happy to see it. Uh, we ended up catching one, you know, randomly when we were amberjack fishing. So mm-hmm. I figured if I can catch one amberjack fishing, <laughs> it must have been good. <laughs> must be good. <laughs> yeah. Oh man! But uh, other than that, you know, of course, everybody's, you know, up in arms with this uh, red tide stuff. I'm sure, I'm sure uh, the hammer had a lot to say about it. I unfortunately didn't get to hear him this morning, but uh, yeah, he's not seeing much up his way. It's it's uh, south of him, you know, towards yeah. Matagorda. From yeah, what I hear, somebody, and, and, you know, a listener sent me some photos, and they're pretty sickening. And, uh, yeah, he, uh, he's been around a long time. He's been a surfer and a fisherman down that way for over 40 years. And he's never seen one like this. Wow. That's a shame, you know, especially with the freeze and all that stuff, you know, yeah. And it, boy, if it works its way up into the bay and, you know, moves up that inner down that intercoastal and and it's just, you know, (laughs) At least it's not coast wide. Sure, sure, absolutely. You know, it's some of the, you know, I've seen a lot of dead alligator gar, and I always knew them 
are thought yeah. of them to be a very resilient fish. They are. They're see. very hardy fish, but boy, they uh, you know they take it on a chin during freezes too. Wow, I That's remember just Galveston Bay just all the dead gar by the thousands. You know, after the really? big freezes we had in '83 and '89, I couldn't get over. I said, I knew we had some gar, but I didn't know we had that many. No kidding. Yeah. And that's, you know, what, what, why, why is that? That they have to come up to and, and, and breathe or something like that? That they got to come out of that deep water no, for a time? Or? No, they, uh, they are a surface fish a little bit of the time, but usually when they're rolling, they're feeding doing that too, you know? Right, you know, right. They don't have to come up with a blowhole like a dolphin or any of that, but. Right, uh, right. They just, uh, they take it on the chin. Weather changes wow. like that. Big freeze, and now I guess red tide. And... Well, I tell you, it's, it's it's hard being a fish nowadays. I mean, if you ain't getting stuck in the face with a hook, I mean, you got to worry about getting froze to death or some magical red tide. I mean, man, it's uh, yeah, conservation should be in full effect at all times. I mean, this is uh, <laughs> it's tough. But, uh, but yeah, no, so other than that, man, I did the, uh, you know, like I said, the, the windmill farm thing, uh, at the end of this week and I hadn't talked about this in a while, but, uh, you know, I'll add another meeting on that. Yeah. Well, you know, so I, I go with the business network and my interest in it all, of course, I'm, I'm, you know, in industrial construction and been doing it for 30 years here in Freeport. And so my interest in it is really trying to get some of the construction work come to Freeport. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just real pro. Uh, I got a bunch of really good guys. Our industry uh, just is constantly up and down, up and down. So, you know, any, any opportunities you see like this where you get an opportunity to do some construction in a different field, something that's more steady or something like that, I mean, you're all in, you know, trying to yeah. figure out how to get it. And, uh, you know, this this – there was two land leases that came up in, in August and one was, uh, off of Lake Charles and one was off of the Texas coast. It's actually in between Galveston and, and Freeport. It's, right. uh, basically the buck fields is basically where it, where it is. And, um, the old Buccaneer when, field, the old Buccaneer fields. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Now are the Texas land lease. It, it is actually probably, three or four times the size of the one that uh, was leased in, in Lake Charles, except the Lake Charles one did get uh, awarded. The, the one in Texas did not. So, um, and now again, that was in August. Uh, since then, several different other companies have showed interest in it. And I think it's going to be leased here real soon. Um, but everybody's just kind of waiting and watching. It's just a weird deal. Uh, the Northeast projects are not going real smooth. Um, they're behind no, there's schedule. a schedule. There's a yeah, and that not only in you know all the fishermen are up in arms over over there. There's a lot of controversy with that going on up there in the northeast. Yeah, yeah, there definitely is. And uh, you know, right, wrong, or different. I, again, it's it's for me. It's it's a longevity of work here. Uh, you know, I, I think in in some ways. Personally, as a fisherman, I'm not going to be real upset if we got some more, uh, you know, structure and stuff like that for the, these fish to hang around. Probably not such a bad thing. 
And I mean, you know, whether it's good or bad for the economy or, or you know, if it does anything, you know, overall, I'm not real sure. Uh, people certainly seem to think, think it is and, you know, certainly wouldn't invest all their money if they didn't. But, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be a tough, uh, it's going to be a tough construction. It, it's going to be tough for them to do it here in Texas. It really is. And, uh, but nevertheless, it, uh, a lot, like I said, a lot of people show a lot of interest in it. A lot of companies are still involved in it. And, uh, Louisiana is so much further than us right now than Texas is in terms of, uh, state and federal grants and all that kind of stuff. Uh, they also have the ability to, to uh, have some state-owned land for lease, which helps them progress a little bit faster. But you know what? We're, they're they're talking about, you know, at the bare minimum, it would be like twenty thirty-five probably before you'll ever see a windmill farm actually being put up here in anywhere in the Texas coast. Uh, it'll be a while. There's several other leases that they well, have. You know, it'd be, it'd that, be one thing. You know, I'm for the environment and conservation and all that. It'd be one thing if it was really, if it really worked. You know, yeah. we saw we saw what happened in that freeze, that cold weather spell we had in Texas. That that's what let our grid down was the wind and the wind farm and the solar farm energy. That's that's yeah. that's what uh, cost us. You know the. The grid to go down. I mean, it's like, I guess there's not enough land to substantiate all of this to to power everybody. Versus, I guess they're going to our oceans now, like they are up in the northeast. And I was just talking about this yesterday morning. I was watching a some antelope hunters on TV before I went on air, and the background, all that beautiful scenery and everything, and then it was littered with with wind farms on the high ridges and everything. And I'm going, man, that just doesn't look right. You know, when you've been oh, here yeah. as long as I have and you never seen anything like that, it's just mind boggling. And, and we deal with it down in South Texas. I mean, it's, uh, they're everywhere on every high ridge where they can catch that wind. But oh, yeah. I mean, uh, they're making you know. a giant, they're, they're making a giant push. Uh, again, it's, it's, you know, Mississippi, uh, a couple of my customers are actually uh, uh, crane operators, you know, that specifically uh, do the windmill farm thing. And, and it's just making its way. Again, I know it, there's a bunch of projects that are, have already happened along the Gulf Coast inland-wise, but uh, they are they're have another big push right now, and they're coming down the coastline. Uh, and they'll be moving into Texas in another year or two. So you'll start seeing a lot more windmill farms, you know, coming land-based uh, windmill farms coming down here. And, I mean, like you said, I, you know, I, who am I to say uh, I'm not a scientist for sure. Um, like the, the, biggest, the biggest hurdle that Texas has is that we, uh, they don't buy energy because of ERCOT and because of a few other factors. Texas doesn't buy energy in big bulk. So, Developers have a real hard time trying to put together a business plan if they can't, you know, lock in contractual-wise the price of their energy for 30 years, you know. And, they, you know, to go to a well, bank, I mean, you got to show you Look what it's doing money, to, right? to everybody's lives. I mean, they're pushing this, uh, this energy thing just, I mean, face it, fossil fuels, 
that that right now we're sitting on that that's the best we have and there's nothing else yeah. proven i mean it's just like you know what watch a college football game every commercial is evs electric vehicles they're just cramming that down our throats trying to get everybody to convert over but it's uh it's backfiring now look at the uaw strikes and all that going on those workers know that their their plants are pushing this ev thing and these companies are losing their losing their shorts over it and uh they're not getting their benefits and their pay that they should because their the company that they're working for are so far expended into that it, yeah. it's it's just not time yet and it's being forced down them by the government and everybody else and it just you know take your time rome wasn't built today you know and sure. uh it's uh i just got a text from a listener said uh homeland security won't let fishermen anywhere near those windmills to fish see that that's, that's you know that's, that's just from, from what, the listener. They, what they would tell us yeah i mean they basically uh they mm. won't uh they, they basically said there's a uh, a perimeter that geez yeah. 500 or 1,000 feet or something as it's being built. But right. as it after it's built, you should be able to go right up there and touch them. I mean, it's yeah. not a, a right. You know, there shouldn't be any kind of restrictions. Now that's per that's what they say. Who knows? I, I don't know if that you know if that comes true. You know, I, of course, I've never. This is very. It's in its infancy here. So I mean, you know, the Northeast they have a couple projects already going on. They had they do have some out in Louisiana. Are being put up right now, but uh, otherwise, there's not really an example of right. You know, anywhere along the coastline. Um, matter of fact, in California, they're going to make a bunch of floating ones, oh. which, uh, uh, <laughs> as it turns out, you know, I think is going to be as far as construction-wise for Texas, probably going to be the first uh, ones that we get to look at in terms of fabrication. We may be looking at uh, building and fabricate for some of those projects along right. with some of the East coast projects too, which is, which is neat. Um, all right, know, let me us. get this yeah, break in real quick. Yeah. Hang on. Okay. I'll come right back at you, Jeff. Hang on. All right. Well, I need to take a moment to tell everybody about Texan roofing. They're the people I trust. Texan roofing covers Houston and surrounding areas and Texan roofing has free estimates on any roof leak repair or replacement. And Texan roofing has a better business bureau, a plus rating, with no complaints ever, and they're certified to give the best leak-free warranties in the business. And Texan Roofing's found the majority of jobs they do, they offer the lower price and beat the competition's quality and warranty. Along with their honest roof inspections and A-plus management, these are reasons to call Texan Roofing. And if you do, tell them you heard about it right here on the Outdoor Show. And Tim and all his staff, they'll work directly with you. They're outdoorsmen like we are. You can actually talk a little hunting and fishing with them. Call Texan Roofing at 281-391-9600. That's 281-391-9600. Or check them out at texanroofing.com. And please tell them Captain Mickey sent you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show. 440 here in the Bayou City. Let's go back to Captain Jeff Naylor. All right, Nalem. Hey, Hickman what? sent me a... A text during a break. He said, "All the northeast wind structures that are being fished, nothing in the plans or regs to keep anglers off of them, except during construction. That goes for here too. Just you know, you're right. Just yeah. during construction, you can't get near them. But after that, there's no, there's no, you know, proof or plans or anything to keep people from fishing around the structures. That's correct. That's correct. And Hickman, you know, ironically, he was, uh, you know." Him, the Fishermen's Association is how I got involved with this to begin with. Uh, you know, we got to go over. They invited me to come over to a public uh, comment session over in Galveston. Uh, this is the beginning. It was the end of last year, actually. Um, it was the first time I ever heard about this. Apparently, this has been three or four years in the making. You know, this has been going on. And this is the first thing I ever, you know, first time I ever heard about it. You know, of course... Mm-hmm. I start hearing these guys chirp about how much money's invested in this and that, you know, the construction costs and all this stuff, and I'm thinking, holy cow, you know, this is a this is this is huge, you know, this this can feed some of our construction workers, and that's who I care about. That's what I really want, and that's my interest in it. You know, I'm not real sure how, you know, ultimately the 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 wind and the power and everything gets distributed and how efficient it is, you know, but. Uh, we have a lot of really, really good workers here in Freeport, and uh, you know, I think that we lose a lot of our experienced guys because we go through so many ups and downs, especially with the refineries and the way they're kind of operating nowadays. So to have something more steady, you know, is is always a good thing, you know, and it and it keeps it keeps a good workforce around us, keeps a good workforce around the refineries, which or in the towns that I live in, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And that's, that's my main interest in it. I, when we left that public comment session, uh, I got the feeling that everybody was not completely against it. Let's just say that, you know, I think the structures for the fish and stuff like that was a big bonus for a lot of fishermen. That'd, that'd be the biggest plus is structures for the fish. Sure. You we know. had one uh, administration for eight years, pulled all the structures up out there. And now yeah, we're adding, and they're still doing it. Yeah, still doing it, and uh, we're adding more. Day. I wish they'd come to Trinity Bay and pull all the dead wells up all over the litter in the middle of my bay. I mean, they've done <laughs> done a lot of work, but 
you know, all the money we throw away, they need to allocate a few more million and get all that done and, and pull all those up because they're, they're not lit up at night. Anybody running at night out there, they're just taking a gamble running through those fields. You know, it's crazy. They're not you even know, working. They're dead wells. And and that's that's crazy, you know, that they, they take away so many of these ones offshore and then leave, like you said, leave a lot of those. You know, a good friend of mine, I, I, I did It's a two-part deal. I went down to New Orleans to go uh, do this windmill farm deal, and then I also went down there to go uh, meet up with my good friend, Scott Bryan. He's a... Uh, fly fisherman down there and he fly mm. fishes all along the venice coastline he's actually based out of new orleans so he does uh plaque him in sometimes you know he goes to right you know all the outskirts and everything uh you know he tells me stories about how they're scooting along and it's nothing to to mow down a giant you know pipeline or something that popped up even you know oh, that those wasn't marshes there. over there all those backwaters oh, you gotta watch out buddy and there's old bulkheads under the water when you're running those old oil yes. canals i mean yeah i saw so many main boats and uh and lower units completely sheared off motors knocked off of boats and everything fishing tournaments over there back in the day it was pretty pretty bizarre i was scared to run anywhere <laughs> oh yeah i didn't I want mean, to get it, stranded in that marsh over there and nobody would ever find you <laughs> yeah, that's, man i i get lost cell phones won't work man. you know you're just oh, uh yeah. boy you better have a sad yeah. phone yeah you ain't kidding man <laughs> and um yeah so i mean you know and they're still ripping them out down here so it, and and they'll continue to do that i don't think they have any reason to stop i don't know casey Casey, uh, kind of his, he's got several work boats that are, uh, I think he has three or four right now that are working over here in this free, let's just say Freeport Galveston offshore area. And, and that's exactly what they're doing. They're taking down and decommissioning several of these rigs. I don't think, you know, a lot of these rigs, they're not, you know, they're still waiting on to see what they want to do. I think the trend nowadays is to cut them off, you know, a hundred, 200 feet below the surface and, and let them become a reef and stay being a reef. So at least they kind of got that motion going. But I think anything inside of 30 miles in, in what they consider shallow water, you know, 90 foot and, and shallower, that they've got to rip out, you know. And, uh, and of course, every time they do that, just, you know, habitat just goes away. And, and, you know, we're lucky here off Freeport that we have a lot of rocks and we have a lot of natural structures and stuff like that. And then we have also been building up our, our – artificial reefs since you know the 90s and and we've done real good i think there's a lot of places in the gulf of mexico that could really use some i mean galaxy yeah. be a one you know and uh so yeah i don't you know from that aspect i'm not sure that it's i mean heck if they're going to put them up and they're going to scatter them all along in your backyard you know might as well throw them off 30 40 miles offshore you may not be able to see them but they may be able to give a little bit more structure to the see fish that too, far. you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not from the beach. You front. might be able to see these. It's 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 actually it's 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 amazing what they're talking about. Of course, the technology they're still working on it, you know. So it's not uh, nobody really knows what they're going to look like in the Gulf of Mexico. You got to, I mean, there's so many stipulations behind it. We, I know what they look it. like on land in South Texas, and I don't like it. It just doesn't look yeah. right. I don't. I don't. I don't blame him, and I and I completely understand. Hey man, that'd be like littering the Swiss Alps with them, you know. Just <laughs> oh. yeah, 
or or the Colorado Rockies, you know, up in the Rocky Mountains. It just uh, yeah, terrible. It it uh, you know it'd be a change. It'd be a change of scenery. That's for sure. It uh, it definitely is not gonna look the same. You know, <laughs> it's quite amazing though. These uh, you know, of course, every time they build a new one, they're trying to build them bigger and bigger and more efficient and mm-hmm. make more power and all that kind of stuff. And what they currently think that it's going to go here is uh, these things are going to be like 500 foot tall pilings. And then they're, the, the blades are like 300 foot. So these things may scour up to around 800 foot from the base of the water to the very top of the top, you know, tallest blade. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. It's huge. You know, their constructability is, is uh, I mean, unbelievable you know for texas actually we get we get we kind of get the best of both worlds because uh the biggest thing the biggest problem they're having right now uh building construction wise offshore is the jones act the jones act restricts boats that work in federal waters in the u.s federal waters that are not a percentage of uh u.s made vessels and a lot of technology is from europe so they're the europeans have created and developed big giant ships to work over here, but they're not allowed to in the U.S. waters. So, you know, if you think about it in a good way, a lot of this stuff we are, and, we're, and, they're, not, and they're not backing off of that. Like the Jones Act is going to be in play for, for a very long time. They're not going to allow them to do anything different, which is, I think, a little bit of some good news because we get to, we get to do a lot more domestic stuff with this, you know, opposing... They're completely, it's one of the only products, and a lot of people don't know this, it's one of the only products that they will not buy from China. So all the blades and all that stuff is, is they have a huge uh, manufacturing facility in like Pennsylvania, I believe it is, that they're making some of these things. So there's a lot of this stuff that's going to be domestic, which is not very traditional, you know, in terms of uh, other other sites and all that kind of stuff. But... For Texas in particular, they have two boats that are being made right now. One at uh, uh, a shipyard down in Kebble, which is one of the biggest in the U.S., in, in Brownsville. And there's another one being made in uh, in Corpus Christi. I, I believe Kiewit's the, the uh, main contractor for that one. Those are huge. Those are huge. And we're, we are making the support vessels and stuff like that for even the East Coast. So it's, for Texas, even if the a single windmill farm we will be behind everybody else you know there'll be there'll be some in louisiana there'll be some a lot a bunch down in you know the northeast and stuff like that before the first one's ever put in texas we have a long time to think about what we really want how it looks and who it benefits you know but for now for the short term we still get to build it all so you know I'm kind of excited about that part anyways. How about that? I mean. Yeah, it said uh, I'm I'm reading up on some of this wind turbine technology and everything. The only thing that's not feasible to recycle out of a, you know, a wind generator is the uh, blades because they're fiberglass. And it's, yeah. not, uh, it's not cost effective to recycle them. And that's yeah. when you see these big old piles of them in the ground and all that. They bury them or what have you. But it says right now. Uh, it's with all the wind technology we have with 65,000 active wind turbines in the United States, it's, uh, 
the third largest source of electricity in the country, 8.7%, producing enough power to power 39 million American homes. Uh, and it's one of the it's the second fastest, fastest uh, grow, job growth in the country with uh, 120,000 Americans employed from it in 2020 alone. And uh, originally, $25 billion was invested into new, you know, turbine projects. So it's, uh, it's a big deal. They're going after it big time. They sure are, you know. And the U.S., along with the, with the whole well, we, world. You know, we need to create version. more jobs. All these people coming in the country every day, nine, ten thousand 10,000 of them a day. Man, need, I'm telling you. We need to create jobs. <laughs> Unbelievable. You know, right Right here, where I was telling you about our struggles here in Freeport, man, we, uh, you know, Dow Chemical being one of the biggest, I mean, they're 50 square miles of refinery here. It's been selling off their interest in in their site, their Freeport site, for for the last 10, 12 years. And so, you know, anytime you get these new companies to come over and they buy up, you know, part of it, they have their different, they have a different schedule. They got a different mindset, you know, how they run their facilities and all that kind of stuff, you know, and traditionally here dallas big you know everybody knew what seasons it was you roll into shutdown season you go into construction season you know and and everybody just kind of keeps rolling and rolling and rolling now you get all this you know different patterns and stuff like that with these different uh you know owners of these facilities man we've had some really 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 low lows and really high it seems like if you're if you're not trying to hire people instantaneously to work around the clock on something you're firing everybody and you're just <laughs> praying and hoping that you can put them in some place to keep them around and it's been like that for for several years now yeah. and uh you know if if for us here in freeport to get something consistent you know if we can hit two three years and it doesn't have to be a giant bunch of workers but if we can find places to put some of these guys in the interim while we're jumping around I think would be tremendous for us here in Freeport, you know, and, uh, and, you know, any, it, I, somebody was telling me a, 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 a fact not that long ago. It's like for every one, you know, there's, there's, they can, they can say if forever one construction worker that comes from out of town or something like that, it provides so many indirect jobs in the community, you know, and that's no different than this, you know, it, uh, if one construction worker stays or if one construction, uh, if one worker for one of the facilities, you know, stays here and works, there's so many indirect jobs, you know, and it, I mean, it all depends on what kind of construction work and where they're at and everything, but it can go from 10 indirect jobs to five indirect jobs. So if you start thinking about that, multiply it, you know, we're a town of 30,000 people, Galveston being more than that, right? I mean, if if you can bring an influx of two thousand workers into there, you know, potentially you got ten, twelve thousand indirect jobs, you know, and a lot of these are going to be long term jobs and stuff like that. Which, you know, hey, I'm all for, you know, boost the economy wherever they go, and it doesn't. Uh, if it comes to Freeport, there'll be plenty of jobs throughout the surrounding counties, you know, that are indirectly affected by that. And, uh, you know, and that's, again, that's my biggest motivation. And, uh, of course, down to the fishermen. And one thing Higman didn't, you know, uh, probably didn't allude to is that, you know, the fishermen have the boats. We have the, we have the know-how. Of, we, we have the lay of the, the ocean here. You know, those people are going to use us to do their, their 
you know, studies or whatever they're going to do, you know, taking folks out to the, to the field to take a look at it, all that kind of stuff. So there's not a benefit to that too. Yes. So anyway, uh, you know, some are pro growth, some are uh, just leaving things alone. I know I'm, I'm not for a lot of growth in a certain area. Beware of what you wish for. We out my way that Cedar Port, uh, Cedar Crossing, all that stuff is just it's expanded so immensely in a short time. It's just I don't even recognize my my backyard anymore. It's just crazy. So sure. it's uh, but I'm old school. You know, I need I need just uh, pack up and just go live in the mountains in a cabin <laughs> no. somewhere. Just get the hell out Come of Dodge, on. man. It's, uh, uh, I mean, it doesn't sound bad, though. I'm not gonna lie to you. It doesn't sound terrible. I know, but, but I mean, just <laughs> hey, just drive through Houston at rush hour, and uh, there, there's all you need to know about growth and expansion and everything yeah. else. It's just, and and it's, it's, it's not only in Houston now. It's spread out northeast, south, and west, and uh, and well, and it's put a lot of pressure on our resource. You know for what we do sure. for a living. I mean, there's just. Sure. So many more people doing it now, and uh, we're seeing a, you know, a diminish in our uh, fish populations, everything else, and it's uh, whether it's environmental fallout or fishing actual fishing pressure or all of it. It's a combination of everything, and it just uh, we'll never we'll never see the old days. And sure. you know, that's all I wish for is that uh, family members and friends and everything in the future could see what I've seen in the earlier sure. years leading up to this. You but know, I mean, yeah. We'll deal with I, it. That's a, that's a great point, too, for conservation and stuff. You know, I mean, it's a... Uh, it actually is. I mean, you can't... Uh, I mean, I, I watch what it does with just the animals in my area. It's shoving them to certain areas, the deer, the hogs, everything, coyotes. They're just being uh, they're being forced and pushed towards the bay. And once they get to the bay, they don't have anywhere to go, and uh, sure. it's uh, it's mind boggling. And just you know, sure. I never thought I'd live to see this, but boy, was I wrong. Jeff, I got to go, buddy. I'm already up on the top of the hour, man. It's always a pleasure talking to you. <laughs> if somebody wants to call you, how do they get a hold of you, bud? Give us a holler anytime at nine seven nine four one seven. 1013 or go to our website stsl adventures hey mickey thank you so much for letting me talk about it hey, you, you know bet, i know man. it's a great touchy subject but hey man if somebody if you don't know you'll never know and i just want well, to let that's you right know and, that's and uh, you know it's, it's hard to talk about stuff that you don't know know about you're sure. not an expert on and absolutely uh, but we'll just we'll just roll with it like it is till we know more <laughs> that's it baby that's it i'm here with you we're gonna do it together <laughs> All right, Jeff. See you, buddy. You have a good Sunday. Later, man. All right, brother. Do the same. Take care. Bye. All right, that's Captain Jeff Naylor down in Freeport. It's time for our top of the hour break. You're listening to the Outdoor Show here at Sports Radio 610. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.